Chapter One: Twins. That is my decision. We need not discuss it," said the man at the desk. He was already looking at a book. His two children left the room. My name is Estelle, and this is Fantasia Divina. I'm not joking about how much I love Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. I am copy pasting their podcast format, which means I'm gonna tell a short story about this episode's theme: expectations. I'm the younger sibling in my family. My sister is three and a half years older than me, and I remember in middle school talking with my friend who had an older brother. Like, oh, it's so hard to be the younger child. There's all this pressure to be like your older sibling, and you're always being compared by your parents and the teachers. Blah 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 blah. I don't know. And she'd be like, Yeah, yeah, it is. But this was. Not my reality. I cannot remember my mom ever putting pressure on me that I should be like my sister or that I would never be good enough. But I'd received the message from society that that's what youngest childdom was like, and I guess I was like, yes, okay, I will take your expectations and pretend they are my truth, and then trying to use that as a vehicle to bond with my friend, which. I'm not even sure if that tactic was effective at all. I think she just agreed with me as a nicety. <laughs> But while me as a teenager tried to self-impose expectations to like spice up my life, or I don't even know, this chapter was really propelled by how Alana and Tom dread and reject society's expectations of them. But first, let's do a quick recap of the chapter to refresh our memories. It's time for the thirty-second recap challenge, and I don't have anyone to compete against, but I'm still gonna do it because it seems fun. <laughs> All right, three, two, one, go. Okay, so Alana and Tom are twins in the nobility. Alana's supposed to go to the convent and learn to be a proper lady, and Tom's supposed to go to the palace and train to be a knight. But that's really what Alana wants to do, and Tom wants to go to the convent and learn to be a, a cool sorcerer. So they're like, okay, hey, let's switch places.、Uh, our dad doesn't care anyway. We'll rope the town healer into it, and we'll just trick everyone else involved.、Uh, we look really similar because we're twins, so we'll go. And then the mod takes Tom to the convent, and Karam Karam takes Alana to the palace, and he's like, what's happening? But then he. Ends up being okay with it. Oh God, <laughs> that's so hard. I have so much respect for for Casper and Vanessa. Okay, I might have peaked the microphone in my fervor to recap things, but、uh, it's fine. Sorry about that. I'm gonna start at the most obvious example of today's theme: the expectations of Alana and Tom. Tom is expected to follow the path to knighthood, like a good noble boy, even though he's a total nerd who hates fighting. And Alana is an amazing fighter, but she's supposed to go to the convent, which basically sounds like etiquette school for noble women. I don't know. There are expectations of what other people put on you, but there are also expectations of how you think events will unfold or how the future will be. And not only do the twins want to reject the first type of expectations, but they also Don't let the second type get in the way. I find it very admirable that none of these characters seem to succumb to overthinking it. Alana's plan is to disguise herself as a boy to become a knight because women aren't allowed in this era of Tortal, and she's very much like, let's just not think about this too hard. Otherwise, we'll lose our nerve and we won't go through with it. Because I'm sure if they thought about it for like ten minutes, they're. Expectations might, you know, settle in and be like, "Oh no, this is impossible and not feasible and really just 
seems like a really dangerous plan. Even Maud. Why doesn't Maud just say, no, this is obviously a crazy idea. I won't help you with it. You are 10 years old and you don't know what you're talking about. I don't know if this is like a Mulan situation where if a girl is found in the army, she'll be killed. But I'm sure the punishment isn't negligible. And as usual, boys get off way easier. Tom is only really defying his father, who pays no attention to them. But like, boys are allowed to study with the priests at the convent. He's not going to have to disguise himself. Ugh, Tom, so privileged. Maybe it's just because Maud knows them well enough and she expects that if she doesn't help them, they're going to try anyway, or that they'll threaten her with magic. And she's like, well, I might as well exert some control over the situation and do this crazy magic seeing magic I'm not supposed to be doing. Speaking of which, another place I saw expectations in this chapter was this line when Maud is talking to Alana about her gift. She says, heal all you can or you'll pay for it. The gods mean for their gifts to be used. So even though Alana is rebelling against the expectations of her society, there seems to be this larger cosmic expectation that can't be denied. And I feel like that's somewhat true in our world too, that some things will just happen out of our control. Like we expect night to come after day, I expect to get hungry if I don't eat anything. But is it accurate to call those expectations? With this magic example in Tortal, it feels more like expectations because of the involvement of the gods. It seems like there's a kind of agency involved. But I think the more absolute something becomes, like, I don't know, I expect everyone that I know to continue aging, uh, the less it feels like an expectation. I think an expectation to me inherently implies that it might not be something that's met. And so there's room for life to surprise you or for you to follow a different path. Now we're going to engage in a spiritual reading practice called Lectio Divina. Lectio Divina is a Christian monastic tradition. It's the first practice they introduce in Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. And the way they do it is to pick a sentence or phrase from the chapter at random and then engage in that snippet in four stages. And each stage gets a little bit deeper into the text. Now I'm reading this in a desktop e-reader situation, so I'm not sure how I'm going to randomly pick a quote. Hmm. <laughs> All right, I've just done a convoluted random number generation <laughs> method of picking a sentence from this book, but what I landed on is, I'll pass the tests, Alana said. So step one of Lectio Divina is just looking at the text on the kind of surface level. So narratively, in the story, what is happening? Um, what is happening? So this is the private conversation between Alana and Tom before they part ways and basically never see each other again for a long time. Tom is telling Alana that she's going to have a lot of challenges. He says that there's a lot of tests ahead for you. And Alana says, I'll pass the tests. I want to be like, wow, what a confident, confident person. But uh, even the text acknowledges that she's kind of just putting on this brave face. She's saying it because of how nerve-wracking this whole thing is, and Tom is really worried about it because becoming a knight is already a really tough thing to do, I can only assume, but she also has the added challenge of, you know, disguising herself, and if something goes wrong, probably 
everything will just feel horrible and maybe Tom will feel a little bit responsible for agreeing to this plan. So she's saying these words because she feels like Tom needs to hear them. But I think she also needs to hear herself say it. Okay, so step two of Lectio Divina is looking at the text allegorically. What are the symbols that we see? What are the other stories that this reminds us of? So again, the phrase is, I'll pass the tests, Alana said. (laughs) This is the kind of situation where I wish I had paid more attention in English class. I'll point at the word tests here. So... There are probably literal tests that she's going to have to pass along the way. I know that they have to do, you know, do some amount of classwork, but really Tom means tests metaphorically, like this is going to be a very trying time. But I also think it's funny because at the end of the series, spoiler alert, when Alana is discovered that she's a woman, they start doing public examinations, which we see later in Protector of the Small, where anyone can view and see them because they want to make sure no one's up to any funny business. So even though she was successful and just amazing, her ability to pass all the metaphorical tests that life threw at her in a way then created more tests for people following her footsteps afterwards, as we'll see with Kaladri. I'm not feeling really confident about that, but uh, it's the best I can think of right now. So let's move on to step three. Step three of Lectio Divina is really about self-reflection. So what does this remind us of in our own lives? I'll pass the tests, Alana said. I'm going to take this back to the expectations theme a little bit, because um, I'll pass the tests uh, really easily You know, evokes memories of school and classes. And that was one of the things that I know I was pretty much expected to do. I was expected to do well in school. This is, for Alana and Tom, a really high-stress situation. And she's, you know, trying to say, I'll pass the tests into fruition. Um, But myself, I really didn't have that kind of fear that I would ever really fail at this thing I was expected to be okay at. Um, except for physics. Physics was a nightmare, but <laughs> but I also think about the things that seemed challenging to me, more challenging than like a math test. And I never gave myself pep talks and tried to go after something I knew would be hard and say to myself, I will ace this. I simply just didn't enter the running, I think, for anything that I didn't feel like I could already do. And this feels like a nice transition to step four of Lectio, which is to think about what is the text calling us to do? And I'm thinking about that idea of Alana going after something that is objectively harebrained scheme and saying out loud, I'll pass the tests, doing that to make her brother feel better. And I think saying it is really, you know, kind of like a fake it till you make it situation. And I think I could do more of that. I think I think there's some truth behind the, the funny idea of someone looking themselves in the bathroom mirror and saying, I am beautiful. I'm going to have a great day. I think the text is calling me to when I feel challenged by something or when I feel like something I want is behind an obstacle to say to myself, I'll do it. And if I say I'll do it, then the act of saying it might just give me the courage I need and and make some of those aspirations into reality. I'm gonna conclude with the way Casper and Vanessa finish their episodes by blessing a character from the chapter. As someone who grew up really 
a religiously. I never thought that blessing characters from a book was something I would really get behind, but now, after listening to Casper and Vanessa do it so many times, I realize that blessing someone doesn't have to be a really, you know, theistic thing. It can just be acknowledging something that someone did or an aspect of someone that you see and recognize and are grateful for and you just want to be appreciative of that moment and bless them for that. Anyways, my blessing this chapter is going to go to Maud, the village healer. We don't know too much about her, but it seems like she sometimes plays a caretaking or at least teacherly role for Alana and Tom because she's taught them magic and the text lets us know she's taught them everything she pretty much knows. And there's a line that says, Tom wanted everything he could get from his magic, but he disliked people. He listened to Maud only because he thought she had something left to teach him. And I just imagine with how much power Tom and Alana could have over her, uh, Maud has been very careful to not let on that she's basically not useful to Tom as a teacher anymore uh, because she recognizes that that's one of the only ways she can get him to listen to her. And I just want to bless Maud for using the tactics that she can to really hold on to these kids' respect and in that way still hold on to her authority and her ability to keep taking care of these kids. I want to bless her and I want to bless everyone who has to use every trick in their book to sort of wrangle children. I know I have a hard time with it. If anyone's listening, thanks so much for being around. Please feel free to write in or send a voicemail. I have an email set up. It's fantasiadivinapodcast at gmail.com. The next episode is going to be about chapter two, the new page, through the theme of masculinity. Talk to you next time, and God's all bless. That is my decision. We need... My stomach is rumbling. Oh my god, be quiet for one second. <laughs>